Beatrice Spills the Beans on Codependency is a codependency recovery, emotional awareness, and exploration podcast. B is a mom, social worker, and recovering codependent, creating a space for like-minded people who have similar experiences to help empower and cheer each other on. Join B on her journey with emotional exploration. Hey friends, I am so excited to have another week with you. Thank you for joining me on my journey. Today we are going to be talking about reactors. Being a reactor is something that I resonate deeply with. It was one of the first traits. It's not technically considered one of the four codependency traits, but it was something that I resonated with very quickly when I started going to meetings and when I started reading literature on codependency. And I think it's really important for people to recognize that within themselves. This is definitely one that has a lot of information and it might need to be absorbed in chunks, but I think that it's really important for the foundation of people who are trying to find their emotional regulation and especially those who are recovering from codependency specifically. This was one of the first traits that I recognized in myself Our friends over at Audible was willing to give any Beatrice Spills the Beans listener a free month trial and a credit for a book. I personally use Audible to keep up on my favorite books and podcasts because it fits into my go, go, go lifestyle. I can pop in my headphones and learn about my favorite codependency topics while crossing things off my to-do list. And if you're interested in the free trial that Audible offers our listener, you can check it out at audibletrial.com slash beans with a capital B. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash beans with a capital B. With that, let's get started. Looking up the definition of reactor, it was really hard to find a definition that related to what a reactor is when it comes to the psychological term of reactor. I did find a really good explanation of reactor in a Psychology Today article online written by Dr. Matt James. The article describes a reaction as something that is instant. It is driven by the beliefs, biases, and prejudices of the unconscious mind. When you say or do something without thinking, that's the unconscious mind running the show. A reaction is based in the moment and doesn't take into consideration long-term effects of what you do or say. A reaction is survival-oriented and on some level a defense mechanism. It might turn out okay, but often a reaction is something you regret later. It's really interesting because when I did the episode on manipulation, I discussed how I thought manipulation was a healthy characteristic. And then once I learned that it was a negative thing, I was able to start letting it go. And the same thing came with being a reactor. When I first heard about being a reactor and I was hearing it in a term of it being negative, I was like, wait, wait a minute. But my reacting, that's what made me so good in my past job, which was being a certified nursing assistant, because I was able to react to situations fast. And what I've realized throughout my recovery is that being a reactor is not the same as being a responder. A responder is someone who uses their brain 
they don't let their reactions get to them and they are able to think clearly in a situation where they need to make fast choices to help people. That brings to mind a situation I had happen this week where I went into a patient's home. This was the most traumatic visit I've had, so if you want to just skip ahead, I understand, but I'm not going to go too much into detail. I went into the home and the patient was unconscious and the daughter had reported that she had found her on the ground and put her in her bed and I could not get the patient to wake up. The daughter told me that she had not been responsive for over an hour. So in that moment, I had to respond to the situation. I had to get emergency medical services in. I had to make sure the daughter knew what was going to happen. And I am proud to say that I was able to respond to the situation and not react. Now, once I got into the car after the patient was off to the hospital and in a safe situation, I did react. I got in my car and I lost it. I came home and I had my husband hold me and I lost it. But in the past, I don't truly know if I would have been able to respond the way I did. I've never been in a situation like that without working in a nursing home setting where I had I mean, now that I look back, I, every time I would go into a situation, I was being a reactor because I would just yell for the nurse and the nurse would tell me what to do. I wasn't capable of responding because I was so stuck in my reactor role. And I don't have as much shame around being a reactor as I do for when I was a manipulator because even though both of those came from childhood traumas and learned responses and learned behaviors and just a tactic for survival, I still don't feel bad for being a reactor because I really understand why I was a reactor. I had to react in certain situations to survive and it was just so ingrained in me from a young age that it's still something I do to this day. It's still something I have to keep in check all the time, but I feel that I'm more capable of responding than reacting at this point in my life and I'm really proud of that and it feels really good and I feel like I have a lot more emotional regulation and more control over my emotions because of that and so it's just something that I think is really important to share. Let's talk about why a reactor is I I just have I'm smiling because my bud my best bud just texted me and she said growing pains. That's all she texted and it just made me smile. Shout out to my bud. My best bud has been my best bud for, we just figured this out the other day, for 12 years. But sorry, I just had to throw that in here because you guys all know. If you listen to the episode that my husband and I did together, we could not figure out what the show was that the dad was a therapist. And she is right. It is growing pains. But how odd is it that I'm in the middle of recording and I get that text and it's like, I could just think like, oh, thank you for answering the question. But my thought is, thank you so much for supporting me and listening and being the best bud ever. So that's my shout out to my best bud. We call each other buds. So that's my little nickname for her. Um, I don't really know why we came up with that. But every time we answer the phone, it's like, hey, bud. Hey, bud. Jay always knows who I'm talking to because if I say bud, it's my bud. Anyways, shout out to my bud. What causes someone to be a reactor? 
I'm going to get a little little brainy on this, but if you grew up in a toxic environment or a I use the word toxic, but sometimes that can sound too harsh. But if you grew up in an environment where you did not feel safe all the time, you can naturally be affected and your brain can be oversensitized to stress response. And the way this happens is the amygdala, which is the almond-shaped set of neurons located in the medial temporal lobe of the brain, could be stuck in reactive mode. And this plays a key role in the processing of emotions. So some people who have grown up in situations where they had a lot of traumatic experiences or simply didn't feel safe to be vulnerable in their home could get the amygdala to be stuck and put them in reactive mode, which means that your brain, it's going to take a lot of rewiring. And I know that sounds like a big job, but you can rewire your brain with meditation. There's a lot of studies out there that show that the brain is able to be rewired and you're able to overcome these things that have created you to have issues in your brain. So basically, the amygdala getting stuck is a trauma response. And I'll probably do an episode on trauma specifically. But if trauma goes unresolved, it can evolve into mental or physical illness. And even in some animals, if the amygdala is stuck and they're stuck in that trauma response, because being a reactor is considered a trauma response. If they're stuck in trauma response, it can actually kill them. It can't kill humans, but mental illness and physical illness can kill humans. So essentially it could, if it got out of control enough, it can cause something to be life-threatening. As much as I know about these subjects, I do do a little, I do do, I do do, I do do, I do do. I do a lot of research beforehand to just make sure that what I'm sharing with you is correct. And I learned so much from that process. And I just, the thought that that trauma response that I have so ingrained in me kills other animals is, it's just really eye-opening that it's really important to do the inner work and to get inside of yourself and get all that icky stuff out so that you can be a healthier person or that so that I can be a healthier person. And you know what? I'm so glad that I, now that I see what it's like on the other side, and I'm still getting in deep on other issues, but as far as being a reactor, now that I've gone through the work and I'm on the other side of it, which is so funny because I still do it, but since I have learned how to control it in a lot of areas of my life, or I'm more aware and I can make better responses instead of reactions... I am so grateful that I went through that experience and I'm so grateful that I was willing to dig deeper into that behavior so that I could learn from it because I can't even imagine if I kept going down that road, what type of illnesses either mentally or physically would have bubbled up for me. How does a reaction occur with people who are reacting in a way that is a trauma response? Well, the main thing is triggers. So triggers are something that set off that trauma response for someone. And those could be things such as old habits. So basically, if old habit occurs, that can trigger you into a reaction instead of a response. 
And these come up as things such as jealousy, low self-esteem, anger, or victimhood. If you find yourself feeling jealousy, low self-esteem, anger, or victimhood, you might very well be in a reaction and not a response. Out of those triggers, the ones that stuck out to me the most are low self-worth and victimhood. I think that I find myself in those two triggers the most. Low self-worth is a lot of times to do with work. I have just been talking about this with colleagues and my husband about how I always feel like I am not doing enough with work. And I'm always feeling that I need to prove myself to be worthier. I need to join another committee. I need to somehow implement some type of program or just always be doing more and more and stretching myself thin because I don't feel worthy of what I receive. And that is just insanity. I work really hard and I'm very passionate about what I do and I don't always know my worth. And that does, it comes out in other areas of my life too. I mean, I, I think I've struggled with low self-worth for a long time. I struggle with it in relationships, friendships, my relationships with my family members. I, I question my worth a lot and it's something that in my recovery, I have to work really hard to know my self-worth and to know that I'm worthy of love and healthy relationships and not being stuck in a reactive mode all the time. And when I feel unworthy, I seem to act out a lot, especially in my marriage. Recently, I can attest that I have been reacting a whole lot to situations instead of responding And my reacting a lot of times looks like me throwing a temper tantrum and going to my room or retreating or not talking. And if I'm not talking, everyone knows there's something wrong. That's pretty much (laughs) the case. And then victimhood. I find that I like to be in victimhood in my relationships. And I really noticed that recently, too. In my past with my husband, I think that it was kind of nice to be the victim because it took he made it easy to be the victim. He he made decisions that made it easy for me to play the victim. And without that, I would have to focus on myself. I mean, most of the time when I am speaking about being a reactor, I'm reacting about other people's choices and not my own. And I'm focusing on other people instead of myself. And to me, the hardest thing about being a reactor it are those days that I go to work and all I'm doing is reacting to everything that comes to me. And then I get, I spend eight hours not feeling like I got anything done because the whole day I was reacting to other people's needs and not going in with a clear cut plan. And I think as a social worker, you know, I have to respond to my clients and their needs and the nurses and their needs and all of the medical team I work with. And if I don't go in balanced and giving time to myself in the morning, which I don't always do, I'm usually spending my day reacting to requests instead of responding. And it's exhausting because I'm not I'm not being my true authentic self when I'm making decisions. I'm just reacting to them. And you can feel the difference. I mean, 
on the days that I make sure that I do my yoga or I meditate before I go to work, I notice that I'm a lot more responsive and less reactive. I don't get so annoyed when someone responds to something that is a simple work request with an attitude because I realize that it's them and not me. I'm able to think clearly. I am able to make decisions quicker and I feel like things are a little more in control. Even though most of my job isn't something that I'm controlling, I feel some sense of control within myself and it reflects in responding instead of reacting. I'm going to spend the end of this episode just explaining that I had quite a emotional reaction to starting this podcast and it brought up a lot of old wounds and uh, just a lot of thoughtful thoughts came from this podcast and I'm learning so much about myself and while I'm humbled I also am realizing that in true B fashion I started something and I dove right in without thinking about the consequences or uh, understanding really fully what I was getting myself into. And I have learned that I really enjoy this process. I think that it's a really creative process for me and it's very therapeutic for me and the people that I get the pleasure of being in your ears every week. And with that said, I keep saying every week, but I think that the best thing for me to do for myself is to understand that I jumped in a little too fast and releasing episodes every week isn't working for me. I have been taking a break for quite some time because I needed to refocus on my family and just very important matters in my life. And I'll probably share more about it as time goes on, but I think that I... I share a lot of vulnerabilities in this podcast and some vulnerabilities need to be worked through before they're shared. But I just think that I should start doing the episodes once a month and releasing them. And that gives me time to edit and to come up with new episodes. And of course, I'm going to keep doing my emotional exploration so that I can share with all of you the things that I'm learning and growing from. And most importantly, I'm just happy to be back. I'm happy to be in your ears and I'm happy that I found my way back to the podcast, even when I didn't really know if that was going to happen for me. Thank you for tuning in today. And if you resonated with anything on this episode, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at codependency at BeatriceSpillsTheBeans.com. And if you benefited from anything I talked about, I would really love if you send some love my way by doing a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. That is so helpful to me to be able to keep sharing my journey. If you have a few moments, I would love to get a review from you. Thank you for joining me. And I just want to say the light in me honors the light in you. And remember that awareness sparks growth, my friends. See you next time. (music) 